Welcome to Cat's Tea and Witchcraft. My name is Fauna and I am your host. This is a witchy podcast for those who are Wiccan, witches, and everything in between. Don't forget to follow the social media pages for the podcast at Cat's Tea and Witchcraft on Instagram, Cat's Tea and Witch on Twitter, and Cat's Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 69, and today's episode, we are going to talk about if all gods are the same god or if gods that have similarities are the same god. Before we get into this topic, we are going to start with today's rune. Today's rune is Tiwaz, and this means Tyr, as in the Norse god Tyr. Starting on page 174 in the book Taking Up the Runes, it says Tiwaz or Tyr is one of the two runes named after a deity and mastering its meaning requires us to understand the god whose name it bears. The Tyr rune has been found scratched on spears in Germany and England. In the early period, he must have been worshipped by the tribes under a variety of names including Tiwa, Saxonot and Hermain. The Vikings also thought of Tyr as a war god, and yet in the sagas, it is Odin to whom men sacrifice for victory in battle, and Thor who is invoked as the great defender. For modern meanings of this rune, it says it is defined Tyr as a sky god who is specifically associated with justice, as defined by war and judicial combat. He is the self sacrificing sovereign who rules cosmic order, precise, and careful. The rune tier is also defined with the Imin Sul and the Tree of Mars, which separates Earth and Heaven. It is identified of tier with the star at the midpoint of the heavens and concludes that it marks the point where the Imrin Sul of a symbol of the world axis whose equal arms could be considered to resemble the rune meets the sky. For using and interpreting this rune, starting on page 177, it says, In a reading, this rune can indicate a legal problem, a situation in which one must fight for one's rights, in which one must seek justice. The quarant needs to pay stern attention to duty and serve a higher truth through self-sacrifice if necessary. The rune can provide moral strength and will to succeed. It also states that this rune can be used to obtain victory in any matter in which there is competition. It indicates strength of will, determination to win, and the possibility of conflict. On page 178, it says the rune can be extremely useful in magical work in the personal and social realms. It can help in focusing one's energy and directing it single-mindedly to achieve a given purpose, especially one involving self-discipline. It can be used to bolster courage and determination in difficult situations. It is a rune of victory, especially in situations involving law. But since Tyr is a god of absolute justice, if you invoke him, be sure that you are right, for he will do justice, not necessarily see that you win. In the book A Little Bit of Runes, it says Tiwaz or the Tyr rune means justice, following a worthwhile path regardless of difficulties, truth revealed, making realistic dreams come true, long distance and long-term travel. For the reverse meaning, it says unrealistic dreams and illusions, unnecessary self-sacrifice, especially for loved ones, losing faith in life and self and depression. So, 
this rune to me, even though I have not personally worked with it very much, and I don't remember very often that I've had this particular one come in in personal readings, but it sounds like this one, of course, is very good if you are trying to come up with justice for something, or you're trying to work towards something or fight towards something. But if you might not be in the right in your situation, it might not do very much good for you, and it might serve justice even to you especially if maybe you were the one who is wrong in a situation. So now on to today's topic. Today I wanted to talk about the similarities and differences between varying gods that are commonly worshipped or worked with in the pagan or witch community. The reason I wanted to bring this up is I have recently been reading a book that I am using as reference today. The book that I'm going to be referencing information from today is The Horned God of the Witches by Jason Mankey. And this is a relatively new book, but Jason Mankey has been established in the community for quite a while. And he is a... Wiccan, uh, Gardnerian Wiccan High Priest. So if you guys are interested in reading this book, I would definitely encourage you to look into it if you are interested in this topic after listening to this episode. So since this conversation is going to be talking about different types of gods and different differences in opinions that other people and I also have on certain situations, I'm not trying to prove or force anyone to believe one perspective or another because I myself sometimes don't fully know what I believe when it comes to certain topics. And depending on what I'm experiencing, the ideas that I have may alter in my own practice from day to day, week to week, or month to month. But I believe that questioning your beliefs is actually healthy because if you don't on occasion, are you truly a believer or are you just blindly following something for the sake of it? But going back to the book that I'm going to be using today, The Horned God of the Witches, I want to encourage you guys to possibly look into getting this book because I actually feel like it is a very good book. And I personally have struggled to find books that focus on God work or just details on gods in general. Maybe I just haven't seen them in my own bookstores locally and haven't dove into some sort of a black hole of the internet to really find many of them, but most of the books I see are mostly focused on goddess worship. So if you are interested in god worship or just learning the opposite side of what is very commonly done in the witch or wiccan communities, which is god and goddess worshiping, and some people work with both equally, some work with one more than the other, and some only work with one strictly. But knowing about the other aspects that you might not know as much about because many witches focus more on the feminine or the goddess aspect, knowing about this background or some of these details can also be beneficial. And if you're interested, like I said, please get this book. You could buy hard copies or you, I think you can get audiobook copies of it as well especially since I'm going to only be going over snippets of information today. So if you can legally download this book or buy it, it would probably really help you in your research when it comes to this topic. Even though it's not a very large book, but it's not like a super thin book either, it's jam-packed with information. And except for a couple websites that I'm going to be using today for reference and kind of to cross-reference information, 
I'm using this book as the only book for today's main source. And I did mention a second ago, legally downloading content or legally obtaining copies of a book unless you were given it from someone or you find it secondhand. But since it's a really new book, it might be hard to find this book secondhand. And going back to the idea of downloading an ebook legally, because I have noticed in some online spaces, groups and people encourage people to pirate witchcraft books. I would not encourage this, one, because it's illegal, and two, if you pirate books this way, it takes money possibly away from the author. And if our authors in this community don't make money that they are well-deserved and well-earned, they might not be able to continue to write new content for us in the future, and or it might just make it financially harder for them to dedicate the time to do this. We should support our authors and small business owners. I understand that books can be expensive and sometimes people don't have a wide budget to be purchasing a bunch of books, but stealing content from people who you claim to support is not a really great way to go about getting some of this stuff unless you borrow books from friends or people who have offered to share their book or content with you, but make sure it's done in not a sketchy way. Because if you worked really hard to provide these sources for people in the community and you put all this work to help people but it is also part of your job and career, stealing that content essentially is only going to hurt our community. So please support our small business owners and authors to make sure we have content that isn't just random blogs and podcasts all the time because sometimes books are super important when it comes to our research. Okay, so getting off of the tangent of making sure you get content in an appropriate way or purchasing a book or this particular book, there are some ideas of why people assume gods might be the same as another one or they might just be different deities but have similar aspects to each other. Some of these reasons that these varying points of view happen is because some of these gods physically are described to be the same. They have similar symbolism. They also have very similar backstories and backgrounds. And some of them seem to literally be the exact deities just with different names. And as witchcraft and paganism has grown exponentially over the past 80 years or so, many people might fall into some of these categories when it comes to these different ways of thinking. For those who don't believe in deities or work with non-god-related energies, they may believe that the different gods or names may just be stories that humans created to explain the world around them. Yes, stories are created by man and did help teach us stories and things in the past, but does this mean that the energies or deities we have talked about aren't real and are just fabricated to teach us stories? Some people might be in the category that some think every god or god concept that was worshipped or honored are all different deities and they just happen to have similarities. There very possibly could be, just like with people, there's a lot of different people, but there are a lot of people who are also very similar to each other. So sometimes that may get confusing when there's kind of those weird crossovers. 
And some people might fall into a category of these thinking because cultural differences and the passing of time, the different versions of gods who might share similarities might actually be one god, but just evolved visually and spiritually different depending on the cultures and how those different cultures view the world. So maybe all of these varying description of deities with different names might be the same deity and just seem slightly different because people are different. So the next information I want to go over today are some of these gods that fall into these varying categories. The first one I'm going to go over is Zeus. He's the Greek god of the sky, whether the leader of Olympus, the god who used lightning bolts as a weapon and known as the father of gods and men and might have originally originated in Crete and then moved its way over to Greece. Following that is Jupiter, the Roman god of the sky and thunder, and said to have been adopted from the Greeks to the Romans and became Jupiter after previously being called Zeus in Greece. The next set of gods I'm going to go over are more popular in the witch community and are sometimes considered to be horned gods. A few of these are also from Greek mythology as well and other Celtic mythologies too, but these ones are specifically more associated with with the physical characteristics and why some people think some of these deities might be the same god or energy or whatever you want to call them. The first one is Pan and he is also a Greek god. He is the god that had goat legs, horns, and covered in thick body hair. Half of him was nymph and the other half of him was god because his mom was the nymph and his dad was a god. And he is sometimes considered to be the Greek god of nature and known to be the protector of hunters, shepherds, and sheep, and is commonly associated with sexuality and sexual acts. The next Greek god is Dionysus, and sometimes he is said to take the form of a bull and to be depicted with horns as well. He is also also associated with sexual things and phallic symbols. He is big when it comes to celebrations and drinking as well. Dionysus was possibly also known to bend gender stereotypes or, as described in this book, a gender bender and might have been very similar to Pan in these aspects, the previous god that I mentioned. And he was also often associated with the pronoun they and like Pan, even though I haven't mentioned it yet, Dionysus and Pan can be very LGBTQ friendly based on their other associations and traits. The next god is Kuronos. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. And he is a Celtic deity that is commonly depicted with antlers and commonly associated or confused or blended with the Wiccan horned god for visual references. Just like Pan, he might also have a female or a gender bending aspect and also like Dionysus and was seen as a god of wealth, wild spaces, death, and the underworld. Next is Heron the Hunter. He is often associated with Gaulish Celtic gods, specifically Kuronos, and often is said to be Kuronos, but 
that also dives into the whole topic that we're talking about today. So it seems to be a very common thing that is believed. Heron the Hunter, though, might have been suspected to have been a figure of folklore in Shakespeare's plays. So the concept of him specifically might not be as old as some of these other energies or deities that I'm mentioning today. His mythology has also been possibly inspired by Viking lore and Odin imagery when Vikings were present in England and intermixed with the ghost stories commonly associated with the area. And it is also said that Heron the Hunter is associated with vengeance and atonement. The next one I'm going to talk about today is the Green Man. And he is a concept that might be a little more modern, but visually the Green Man has been used for thousands of years between various groups and religions. He is commonly depicted with a leafy green face, and the face of the green man was also commonly used in churches in the Middle Ages, but possibly used as a symbol of sinners and used as a reminder to not sin and the possible damnation of hell. He was on occasion referenced in old Robin Hood stories and also seen on a tomb of a saint from 400 CE and when it comes to what he symbolizes is fertility and nature. So the next nature or horns deity that I'm going to reference today is the concept of the devil or the Christian devil, specifically Satan and or Lucifer, depending on what name you use. So the Christian devil is often associated with having horns and punishing those who have sinned and gone to hell in the Christian faith. Commonly confused by Christians to be the real face of the gods that pagans believe are worshipped to either force them to try to convert or use it as a blame for people's actions that they don't agree with or blame people for witchcraft. Many interpretations and thoughts about who the devil is and what he looks like can be attributed to Dante's The Divine Comedy, which gives us our modern visual representation of the devil, even though it wasn't mentioned in the Old or New Testaments. Following up on that is Baphomet, and he is a deity that is commonly worshipped that tends to have a lot of confusion around it. In the public eye, it is associated with the Knights Templar, various forms of occultism and magic, Satanism, and also rumored to be associated with Freemasonry and Illuminati. I can't confirm or deny most of these because I am not a part of any of those old or current organizations that may or may not exist. So despite him being a half-human, half-goat with horns, he also has female characteristics. Commonly associated with the Christian devil, though, this causes a lot of confusion with the general public, and many people don't read deeper into the concept of what Baphomet is, which then causes that whole trickle effect of those who work with Baphomet, people who don't understand who or what he is or what they are, people associated with evil or the Christian devil. Overall, this figure is surrounded by a lot of mystery due to the possible hidden origins from secret societies and magical orders and just the continuation of misinformation spread by the public. The last one I want to talk about is the Wiccan Horned God. 
The Wiccan Horn God is the god deity that was established in the Wiccan belief system in the 1950s by Gerald Gardner. Since then, the Wiccan Horn's God, or often just referred to as the God, can be seen with horns and often represents some form of fertility, life, death, and possibly a few other aspects, depending on the tradition of Wicca that someone practices. In some traditions or groups of Wiccans, the name is interchanged with other deities that have horns that I have mentioned today. And you can also find that interchanging of the name being used in some pretty popular books that have been written since the 1960s. So it is commonly seen as a thing that names rotate for the Wiccan Horns God, depending on what book you're reading or who you're talking to. So I want to come back around and go back to the overall concept of why I wanted to talk about these specific deities today. And the whole purpose of this episode is that there are various ways of perceiving these energies or gods that are very commonly talked about and debated. So some of these deities and the ones I wanted to bring up today have a lot of similarities. They, a lot of them, focus on fertility. They're like the main gods of their pantheon. They represent nature. They have feminine and masculine aspects of them. And they just have overall a lot of similarities, which does confuse people. So some people, because of this, they perceive all of these deities, just the same deity and just have different names based on where people live, the experiences they have, and the languages they speak, while other people perceive these as separate deities, just like people. But people can have common things to each other and might look the same, sound the same, or do very similar things, but they're still different people. So maybe that's the same thing for the gods. And while there are a lot of similarities to these different gods that come from different religions, some people do still just believe that they are just stories and they're just used here to teach us about life or about our past, even if that's not originally what they might have been for because it's been a very long time since some of these gods were either created or worked with originally in their original religions. So... I want you to take this information, go buy some books, look more into it, see how you can compare how I interpret this through reading the books, how you interpret it, maybe get some other opinions, and let me know what you guys think because this is a topic that I don't hear very many people talk about because a lot of people in our community focus mostly on goddess worship. So I personally wanted to focus on more God-related information because I actually personally work with more God-related energies. And that's just my personal choice. I also work with goddess energy, but I am drawn more towards God energy. For some people working with gods or even thinking about male gods, or I guess you'd call all gods gods, but just male energy Some people don't like to because they either don't connect with it or because of monotheistic religions that are more dominant in the world today, it does cause a lot of trauma for some people because they have a negative association with their prior religions or just particular people that ruins the whole religion for them. So the idea of working with a god after leaving in organizations that only focus on gods, the working with goddess kind of helps them feel a little bit better. But 
just because one group might have ruined it for you, it doesn't mean that all male or God energy is bad. If you think about it in just the basic terms of man versus feminine energy, I don't want to say that there's only those two energies. This is just in the simplest terms. It could be yin and yang, light and dark, anything like that. If you don't want to use the terms male versus female, that is perfectly okay. Just kind of figure out what works for you. I just want to use these terms because that is what is commonly used and at least commonly understood. So if you have some issues with working with God-related energy, maybe do some research on it and maybe see if some of this information might make you feel a little better. If not, don't force yourself, but I just want you to know that information is out there and these energies or perspectives aren't harmful and might even help you in some way depending on where your path goes. So this is all I have for you today. This episode I feel like was definitely more of a glance over the topic in some of these energies just because it's something that I find really interesting and I'm reading and finishing up a book on this topic. So if you have any questions or you just want to talk about the overall concept with me, feel free to send me a message on Instagram or Twitter or you can send me an email. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Have a great one. Blessed be. Blessed be.